Hi, hello. Welcome to another episode of Isaiah's Newsstand. It's your host, Isaiah. How's it going? It's Super Bowl Sunday. Hooday, 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 hooday. Um, sending out my energy to the Bengals today. Um, hopefully by next week, you know, this will be a, a town of, you know, Super Bowl champions. Hell yeah. Um, also, uh, food corner, I forgot. Um, I did have a pretty interesting pizza. Um, I went to Chester's in Hamilton. Uh, highly recommend. It's one of my favorite pizza joints. Um, as a kid, when we do, would do pizza parties, that's who we'd order from. And the pizza was so good. It it, it, it stayed with me. Uh, essentially, it's square cut um, uh, cheese and toppings, like, you know, edge to edge. Uh, the uh, toppings are usually under the cheese, yeah. Um, and what I ordered, which kind of made it unique, but I kind of forgot about it because it was pizza and whatever. Um, I got the, um, pepperoni and capicola and I've never had capicola on a pizza before. So I was like, Ooh, this is fancy. All right. I see you. All right. Select. So I had that. It was very good. Also, I had a, um, steak sandwich, steak hoagie, if you will. Um, now if you talk around the town. Um, everyone hypes up Richard's steak hoagies around here, um, which is fair, that's fine. Um, essentially though, they're the same thing, like, they're all owned by the same company, like, the same family company kind of thing, so. Um, essentially though, what I liked about Chester's is they have a signature sauce or whatever. Um, I couldn't quite, it's like some kind of Italian dressing kind of situation. But it was really good, um, might be like Italian in like thousand, I don't know, don't quote me. Um, but very good, loved it. Um, sorry I didn't mention it, Flowers to Chester's. Um, on that, we can get right into it. Um, let's see. I wanted to start off from an article I got from the AP News. Uh, retired Pope asks pardon for abuse, but admits no wrongdoing. Uh, essentially this article from the AP, like I said, um, is about Pope Benedict, which I found out is a 256th Pope, um, I'm horrible with Roman numerals, so that's why I was like, damn, I really got that wrong. Uh, but essentially, he apologized for any, or asked forgiveness for any, quote-unquote, grievous faults um, in, handling, in his handling of clergy sex abuses. Um, but he didn't actually, like, you know, publicly come out and say any of the shit, like, specifically. And his legal team denounced any wrongdoing. So, it's very icky, it's very gross. Essentially, like, there's four more or less confirmed cases where there was, um, sexual abuse, um, and, you know, children were molested, yada, 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 um, and pretty much Pope Benedict knew about these cases, kind of had, like, the heads up about it, was in the room, and denied all of it at the time. And then when this German legal law firm came up and said, oh, no, we found receipts. We know you were there. You were, like, this is confirmed. And he goes, oh, like, <laughs> and now here we are. And he's saying sorry, but not really sorry. Um, you know, I mean, essentially the Vatican is more or less, you know, rallied around it. Um, I don't think anything's really going to come of this. Um, it's just kind of one of those things where it's just sad that, more and more of these stories are going to keep coming to light, it seems, and not much is ever really going to get done about it. Um, you know, uh, Pope Benedict, he's 94 years old. He's retired, like the article said. 
Um, essentially, he's out of the scene, but at the same time, you know, it just sucks to know that this shit was going on and, you know, pretty much from top to bottom, you know, everyone was okay. I mean, granted, he wasn't Pope at that time. Oops, sorry, I hit the mic. Boom, getting a little too animated about this. But, um, you know, it's just sad to see that this was more or less okay from the top to the bottom and people were having to suffer in silence. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a definitely a goddamn, um, you know, I'm not sure if it's an article that you might want to get into and dig into. Um, but yeah, don't like really sticking on topics like this. We'll move on quickly, quick, quick. (laughs) Um, I got this from the time, but also I want to, I want to bitch a little bit. Um, once again, fuck Bloomberg. (laughs) I hate that, um, site sometimes just because, um, they pay well so hard. And I'm like, man, like, I'm not trying to pay y'all money. Like, and, and maybe this is, uh, an error because sometimes I be forgetting my codes and stuff from my little logins, but I had an article from them and I was going to cite them and then I say, no, can't get in there. So anyway, time. They did better anyway. Um, but essentially, uh, this is a story about some fraud, about some Bitcoins and about some hacking. Um... They got the title of this, um, Inside the Chess Match That Led the Feds to 3.6 Million in Stolen Bitcoin. Uh, Essentially, this is the largest amount seized in a Bitcoin, um, you know, fraud, you know, situation. Um, It is, let's see, the amount of 119,754 Bitcoins, which is worth 72 million. Um, but now is worth 4.5 billion, uh, were siphoned from users and put into a single wallet. Um, and that wallet belonged to, um, I, I'm going to butcher these names in the head, but you know, sorry. Um, Aya Lichtenstein and Heather Morgan, ages, uh, 34 and 31 respectively. Um, essentially they were the ones who had the wallet and were laundering the money. Uh, they were funneling the money into like various, like, you know, accounts that they could kind of have. Um, and essentially, um, they were spending the money on like NFTs. Um, I believe they got a P- a PlayStation. They had like a big Walmart gift card. That they used like Ubers, the PlayStation, and like probably like varying other goods and stuff of that nature. Um, essentially though, there's a little bit of, um, crossover. Um, I don't know if any of you guys are familiar with Alphabet, but that's something that I kind of learned about last year. Um, listening to Dark Side, was it Darknet Diaries? Yeah, I think it's Darknet Diaries. Uh, essentially, it's Jack Reciter. Dude just goes through a bunch of cyber crimes. Uh, really got me into it, and that's why a lot of my news, whenever I would want to pepper it in about just like cyber hacks and stuff like that, was kind of inspired by listening to this, this kind of stuff. But um, he did a big, uh, like, two-part episode, maybe? Or it's a big episode about Alpha Bay and everything that happens there. But essentially, they were initially using that to kind of funnel money, but then that got shut down, so they had to use other ways of doing it. Like, I think apps or services like CoinJoin. Um, And essentially, they were trying to, like, siphon the money, move it around so they could actually get to it and use it. Um... Because that's the thing with Bitcoin. Oftentimes people think it's just so untraceable. Once you have Bitcoin, 
that you have your wallet, as long as you keep track of that wallet, everything's good, everything's fine, no one can fuck with you. But, like, even if you have the VPNs, the means to hide and mask your stuff, um, anytime you dip out of a wallet and move that money around, it can be tracked. The FBI, or, you know, the, the government has means to do it. You know, if enough money is at hand here, they will take the time. Um, and essentially, the way that they were trying to launder their money was found out, and they were caught. Um, so, I mean, it's a big deal. Uh, like I said, it's, it's, I believe it's the biggest seizure, um, you know, to date. So that's big news, big deal. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to get that up there and out there. Um, and here we got, um, for our hit <laughs> um, we got some Olympic news. So, you know, I see the torch. I gotta hit that torch real quick. Oop, boop, boop. There we go. There it is, there it is. Alright. Okay, we're back. Um, I want to start this right off the top. Um, got it from USA Today. Um, from And you know me. My Olympic news is never going to be like, you know, stats and stuff like that. Even though that would be cool, right? I know. In an alternative world, there's an Isaiah that does sports podcasting and he's on it. Boom, 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 boom. That's all he wants to talk about. Um, but I only want to talk about the juicy shit. Um, so yeah, from USA Today, positive drug test by Russian Kamila Valieva has forced a delay of Olympic team medal ceremony. So essentially, there was a hubbub because, you know, essentially everything was kind of set up, um, in terms of, like, winners and losers. Um, uh, Kamila did a, you know, great performance. Everything was, you know, down the pipe and everything. But they didn't resolve the ceremony. So there's, like, this discrepancy, this issue, and they're pretty much saying, like, hey, we might not be able to solve this throughout the durations of the Olympics. Like, and they're like, what's going on? So digging into it, and this is also a little bit of assisted help from the BBC podcast I listened to, the Global News. Um, but she had tested for a heart medication called Tremetzid... Medzidine? I'm butchering that. Um, and essentially it's a heart medication and it can help improve endurance and blood flow. And mind you, this is a seven, this is a 15 year old, um, athlete. So there's no need for this person to have this drug in her system. Not to mention if there was, she shouldn't have it and then be competing because it's, you know, it's against doping laws. So this is already an issue, but essentially the way I guess it kind of worked with appeals she can still participate in the Olympics. So, naturally, this kind of didn't stop anything. I think she was able to participate even further and, you know, continue to do stuff because, you know, it's going to go under the whole appeals process first before anything else happens. So that's kind of a a jam in the works there. Um, Also, because she's a minor, um, she's protected, um, at least a bit. So, like... She won't really probably face any, like, severe penalties or anything like that or any legal things. Um, But um, from what I've heard, you know, Russia's kind of been a little bit notorious for this. Um, I think they've caught some flack for it before. Um, Sorry, I don't have any sources or, you know, big brain details there. But um, it is definitely 
a very saucy, interesting event that's happened in the Olympics. Um, I know also there's been this, like, little running conspiracy I've kind of seen on the internet that, like, ooh, China's fixing uh, the Olympics. Like, people are getting, like, positive corona tests and stuff like that. da 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 And it's like, okay, guys, all right. This, that's that's heavy. That's that's a bit much. Um, now, granted, the next story I'm about to get into might have you head scratching, saying, "What? What's going on here?" But at the end of the day, I, <laughs> people get sick. People are human beings. Um, despite you know China's zero COVID policy, people have been getting sick. You know they're doing their best and um, still have been doing pretty well. Um, but yeah, um, speaking of this human error, um, got this from the Insider. Um, Head Olympic judge acknowledges error in controversial snowboard contest, which saw a 17-year-old Chinese sensation just miss gold. Um, so this is kind of actually a little bit for and against that whole weird bogus theory bullshit. Um, but essentially, uh, Chinese China's Su Yiming uh, won silver in men's snowboarding slope style Monday, but he could have won gold. Uh, I believe it went to Max Parrot. Um, essentially, he won gold because the way that the angle was on the camera when he went to do his trick, um, it looked like he just killed it. It looked like he nailed it. But essentially, if you look at it from other angles, he hits or he goes and grabs his knee and not grab the board. So it, it's not a full execution. It's something he would have lost points for. And Yaming wound up falling short. Um, and it was like, like kind of, yeah, it was a 90.96 to an 88.70. And they're saying that that kind of mishap is about like a two to three point difference. So it's definitely a big error. It's a, it's a, it's avoidable. It's a whoops a daisy. Um, but it's, it's just one of those things that once a, a verdict is ruled and they don't replay it and talk about it before, like, they actually make a final ruling, then that's the way it is. That's the Olympics, baby. Um, so, definitely a bummer. Um, but, um, you know, those are the kind of human errors, I believe, that happen. Those are the mis- I don't believe that the fix is in. Um, you know, sometimes America just doesn't win at all, boys and girls. And everybody in between. That's just the way it is. That's just the way it is. Um... But yeah, uh, last but not least, um, got a little bit of a bummer news. It's a big bummer news, but um, I'm, I'm really living on USA Today news today, or this week. Um, but um, let's see. U.S. Ski and Snowboard opens investigation into... Ooh, internet's playing games with me. Um, into allegations of inappropriate behavior involving snowboard cross coach. Um, let's see here. Uh, essentially, um, the allegation was made by Kalan Chaifluk Sifuf? Sifuf? Sis, um, that's, that's as good as it's going to get, guys, sorry. But it was against uh, Coach Peter Fo- uh, Foley. Um, she was a part of the 2010 Olympic team. Uh, essentially, she had said that uh, Peter Foley would take nude photos of women and it was like kind of like a known thing that he was doing that. Um, and then I think, yeah, it said he, he made an explicit comment about her. Uh, uh, it says a comment to her about another woman's appearance in 2014. 
So she says, I cannot watch another Olympic Games without saying this publicly. Uh, she wrote this in an Instagram post. Uh, she also said um, that these posts that she posted here and that I'm also going to get into uh, were taken down like several times for like bullying and sexual content on Instagram. Um, but Foley denied those accusations. Uh, he said, I'm super surprised by the allegations and I vehemently deny um, the allegations. Um, so they have a guy on it, at least in the spokesman talking about it, uh, Tom Horcrux. Um, he said he's not the guy on it, but they are aware of the allegations and they are launching, you know, a probe, I guess you can say. Um, but, uh, that's a bummer. Uh, she also goes on to, let's see, there's another guy here, but my internet's crashing. <laughs> um... I think his name is, yeah, there you go, Hagen Carney. Uh, essentially, she says that this guy was saying the N-word to her. Um, and she is, uh, I believe, of like an Asian descent, but um, not not black. But I guess Hagen was using this to like rile her up. And, um, you know, apparently those were confirmed things. Um, you know, he said that, you know, He's, you know, gone. It's it's been a public thing. It's been addressed, and you know, appro yeah. Here we go. Um, I made a mistake years ago with my words, and appropriate action was taken. I learned from my mistake, and I'm a better person now for it. He posted on an Instagram apology on Saturday. Um, so essentially, you know, this is Sifoff just airing it out, airing it out. Um, you know, saying it. Um, she didn't really respond to USA Today. Um, via Instagram or any emails. Um, I don't know if maybe that's legal reasons or not. Um, but hey, you know, I get it. You know, you witnessed a really gross thing, you know, while you were trying to work your ass off and win gold medals and shit. Um, and I can see how that bothers you. I can see how that kind of sticks with you in a gross way. Um, but, um, that's the news, guys. Um, I know I, I wish I had a, a lighter note. I guess maybe, well, you know. It just is what it is sometimes. Sometimes it's just not light. But that's the news sometimes, you know. Um, you know what it is. I got socials. You should know them by now. I'm going to take a break on, you know, passing those out to you. But uh, I really appreciate you guys sticking around, listening to me. Um, you're the best and I love you. Um, I hope you had a great weekend, having a great weekend. Um, hopefully your week is bangarang. Hopefully I talk to you soon. And um, it's some more good news. I love you guys, and uh, stay well. Bye-bye.